Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Sioux Nation and Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRJ Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. Today's conversation is about the proposed AM for Every Vehicle Act moving its way through Congress. We'll hear about it after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Automobile manufacturers are still fighting proposed federal legislation that would require them to include AM radio at no charge in many of the new models they're producing. Former National Association of Farm Broadcasting President and past NAFB Broadcaster of the Year, Brian Winnikins, owns WRDN Radio in Durand, Wisconsin. During the 2023 National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention, he moderated a discussion with National Association of Broadcasters, Executive Vice President of Government relations, Sean Donnellan, and FEMA Integrated Public Alert and Warning System Program Manager, Manny Centeno. They talked about the AM for Every Vehicle Act. Here's part of that discussion. AM radio is a backbone of our national public warning system. We reach more people over AM radio than any other medium can. So the NPWS, which you mentioned earlier, National Public Warning System, is made up of over 77 radio stations uh, located around the country, spread around the country. Um, we reach 90% of the U.S. population with those 77 facilities, most of which are AM stations. All right, so we're not ready to give up on AM now or in the near future or in the future at all. It is the best way to reach the American public. Um, so, you know, we, we have been working fiercely with members of Congress, other organizations such as the NAB, private sector partners to make sure that this message gets across to all involved in this decision-making process. Why don't you bring everyone up to date on what NAB has been doing in DC? Hopefully now we'll be able to, everybody will be able to hear, but bring us up to date on, on the, the legislation. Sure, so the AM radio for every vehicle act uh, was introduced by Senators Markey and Cruz earlier this year in the Senate. They had a counterpart in the House uh, led by Congressman Josh Gottheimer, uh, Congressman uh, Kane, and some others. Very bipartisan effort, and just look at those uh, sort of odd pairing of the Senate leads, Ted Cruz and Ed Markey. Uh, what brings them together? A passion for AM and this lifeline service uh, that Manny just outlined, that first and foremost is about public safety. Uh, once the bill was introduced, I uh, really just picked up a lot of steam. I hope everyone is aware of the Depend on AM campaign. Uh, if you need a, a sticker, magnet for your bumper, let us know. Uh, that campaign, uh, we're so proud of it, but really want to thank those of you who are uh, taking those messages to the air uh, and educating your listeners uh, and activating them. Because as of this moment, just through our little campaign, and we know that many of you are uh, supplementing that uh, through on-air messages, we know that more than 400,000 communications have gone into Capitol Hill. Uh, so 
Uh, Ted Cruz, when he was considering being the lead Senate sponsor, uh, called up my colleague Nicole, who couldn't be with you all, and said, this is the number one issue I'm hearing about from my constituents. Uh, before the debt ceiling vote this summer, uh, then Speaker McCarthy's office called us and said, we're not hearing about the debt ceiling, we're hearing about this AM issue. Uh, so just wanted to say thank you, continue to run those spots, continue to educate, because what is the, the fruit of that? Well, we now have 182 bipartisan co-sponsors to the House legislation. Uh, I will note a very special co-sponsor and now speaker, Mike Johnson, who has a radio background uh, and is very bullish on helping radio broadcasters and ensuring that AM remains in vehicles. Before he was elected speaker, he was scheduled and we were gonna have a special event this past Monday on Capitol Hill where he was gonna do a fireside chat with Hugh Hewitt and really talk about uh, the bill and some different constituencies that are impacted by potential loss of AM radio and vehicles. So take that as a significant insight into uh, the new Speaker of the House and his support uh, for this legislation. In the Senate, we have 40 bipartisan co-sponsors, and that's an even ratio, 20 Democrats, 20 Republicans. I'll tell you, I'll tell this room, there's about another 10 Republicans waiting to be added. Uh, so if you leave today and, and wonder, what can I be doing? Continue to air messages and talk to your listeners about this. But if you have relationships with Senate Democrats who aren't yet co-sponsors, each one that gets added is going to not only add them, but instantly count as double because we've got some Republicans waiting in the wings. 40 is a huge number in the Senate. We basically know we're at 50. 60 is enough for a legislative filibuster. Our leaders of the legislation, Senators Markey and Cruz, are very bullish on this bill. Uh, it was marked up at the Senate Commerce Committee before the August recess uh, and passed out of that with a voice vote. Only Senator Gary Peters from Michigan registered himself as a no. The bill authors came back from the August recess, continued that momentum, and it's confidential, but they put the bill on the Senate hotline process. And that is a mechanism to basically discern from outside of committees without actually going uh, to the floor itself, sussing out potential concerns from the whole Senate body. There are only a handful, not even a handful of senators who have outstanding concerns at this point. Uh, so we're working through that. Great partnership again with Tom and, and your organization. Uh, but uh, we're going to continue to build co-sponsor support uh, and, again, continue to build listener and public support for this to be ready to either go through a regular order process, which not a lot happens in regular order on the United States Congress these days, uh, or potentially ride as an attachment to some larger legislative vehicle. So that's where things stand. And, you know, we're well ahead of the curve. We had a big hearing in the House. We've had hundreds of members of Congress sign on to letters. Uh, really just an army of allies engaged on this uh, from 
again, the, the public safety aspect uh, to every type of community uh, or interest group that's benefit or, or interacts with AM radio. That includes SAG-AFTRA, uh, the AARP, uh, a lot of diversity voices. Uh, so uh, we're just gonna continue to push here and build our resume to be ready when, when sort of the opportunity opens up for us. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. Thank you for the update, Sean. I guess, Manny, you and I were talking a little bit about this is only the first round of this, and there has been pushback even to FEMA from car companies, hasn't there? Yes, we have been meeting with uh, a number of car manufacturer associations um, representing mainly the electric vehicle groups, uh, trying to explain to them why it's important for us to keep AM radio in cars as a viable method for the public to receive emergency information. Um, there are a lot of, there is a lot of uh, information out there about interference, about shielding, about other technical aspects of, of this problem. And we have been providing uh, the automotive industry with feedback, and in some cases, uh, uh, some engineering technical responses so that they can understand that this problem can be resolved if it does exist. Back in the 20s and 30s, when uh, people started putting radios in cars, they met this problem, right? Ignition makes a lot of noise, basically have a whole lot of little lightning going on in that engine compartment. They figured out a way to shield it, didn't they, right? So it, you know, these vehicles do make uh, a lot of DC noise. Uh, it's a different kind of, uh, of issue, but it, it's easily filtered. Uh, cables are easily shielded. Things can still be grounded in a car, although it's not, a car is not really grounded, so to speak. But it can have a common ground. So no reason why this couldn't happen. Um, and we have been uh, very firm in our response and very firm in our commitment that car manufacturers continue to have AM radios in their vehicles. There have been some, some efforts at finding some common ground, uh, perhaps some, some, um, some negotiation on what car manufacturers can do, such as putting uh, portable radios in the car in a compartment somewhere and you know doing that kind of thing, and our response has been pretty firm as well. Uh, it has to be in the vehicle, in the passenger compartment and driver compartment, available to the driver and passenger so that they can tune in when necessary. Not in the trunk, not in a compartment under the seat, but in the car, powered at all times. Um, however, we have to listen, right? Uh, as a federal agency, we're, we're not a lobbying firm. We are not uh, a trade association. We have to be pretty straightforward and, and, and clear as, as, um, 
as a federal agency of what our, our concerns are with this. And it's public safety. It's national security. We need to be able to speak to the American public. So the states, the counties, the cities, other organizations such as uh, nuclear power plants and, and such. So it's important to the nation to keep AM radios in cars. And we're gonna continue to say that to whoever would listen. Now we've been working with members of Congress on markups, on edits to uh, the bills that have been uh, drafted and our commitment remains the same. Now, Sean, you know, Manny brings up the interference issue and I know that NAB's responded to the, the car company's argument of it's gonna cost us billions of dollars with overinflation. But if one looks at FCC rules and farm broadcasters here will know exactly what I'm talking about in, in terms of dairy, FDA has milk labeling rules. They, FDA doesn't enforce them or doesn't follow them. Well, FCC has interference rules. And if these EVs are causing interference to the AM band, especially other vehicles, the car companies really don't have much of a choice. They have to fix them. Why hasn't that argument been brought up? And what more can NAB or what more can all of us as broadcasters do to get the FCC off of their backside and start enforcing these rules? Because if we don't get a hold of the man-made interference, it's not gonna matter in 10 years. And FM is already also being affected by this, so it won't matter if we have a 100,000 watt AM signal, you're not gonna be able to hear it. In addition to Manny and FEMA being supportive of this legislation, uh, so is the chairwoman of the FCC. Uh, so this question, Brian, of uh, interference and the FCC enforcing its rules, you know, it has been raised. Uh, we need more actual evidence uh, that a vehicle is creating interference uh, in the AM band that would affect another vehicle. Uh, I'll tell you that our engineering team went out and informally uh, tested a, a range of uh, EVs, uh, and even sitting in the passenger seat, they were not picking up uh, major interference. So I think it's an open question, but one worth continued study. You know, if it's not an EV itself, I think we can uh, theorize that higher powered products, uh, things like charging stations or even, you know, remote charging or wireless charging of vehicles, that certainly has a much greater uh, potential uh, for impacting uh, and creating interference that the FCC should take a look at. So uh, we're gonna continue to press that, but I would say in the first instance, there needs to be sort of evidence and proof, and we're working to discover that. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where you, if it doesn't exist, well, that's okay. But, uh, you know, the automakers uh, are removing AM uh, and removing the receiver altogether, not including it if you're in a kind of one of these startup uh, models. Uh, and so that's a, a little bit of a different fact pattern and what the bill itself is designed to, to solve. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.